Good morning, Mimi. How are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you? Absolutely fantastic. I've been so excited to talk to you about this because, I mean, this is my lifestyle. I mean, I'm all about herbs and what you can do with it. But one of the things that you do, and listeners need to understand this right from the very beginning, you educate us in a way as to why that herb might be in that particular dish that you're making inside the kitchen. I mean, cayenne peppers, I had no clue. But now I'm smarter as I go into that kitchen. That's awesome. Yeah. Kitchen herbalism is one of my favorite things. I think that's like the seat of the herbal homestead and, uh, you know, stirring those healthy pots of soup and and brewing those um, cup of tea is just like so empowering to be able to deal with everyday maladies just from your kitchen. Where are herbs better used? In other words, I mean, do we really have to cook them in our foods? Because to me, that's like stealing something. But at the same time, I'm from Montana. We used to eat the potatoes directly out of the ground. Is it wrong to just eat it in its original state? Well, a lot of herbs are eaten in their original state, um, but sometimes uh, in an effort to preserve the herb for long-term use or to make it shelf stable or sometimes to potentiate an herbalist might make a, uh, a tincture or make a, like a syrup or an infused vinegar or, and you know, a lot of these remedies are, are I, put, I wrote about them in the book. Um, you know, we'd like to make um, ointments and, yes. and salves and topical remedies and, and um, you know, that way, because, you know, herbs are only at peak out in the garden or out in the wild for so long. Um, and so you're going to have to do something with them if you want to have access to that herb through the year. I'm blown away at how many people are buying herbs right now to prepare themselves for for what's about ready to happen, which are the winter dark months. And, and they believe inside their hearts that herbs are the healthiest, most healing way to make your way through that winter storm. Um, I agree, and I'm part of those people. I'm like, <laughs> I just uh, gathered uh, a lot of elderberries from the elderberry heads that I planted when I moved out here to the homestead, um, and I brought them in, and I, I dehydrated them, and now I have elderberries to make syrup and to make tea um, to help us ward off viruses and colds as they come around, and, and the kids love the, the elderberry syrup, so... So that's awesome. But I also made a big batch of fire cider, um, which has that cayenne and it has ginger and turmeric and, you know, a lot of our spices. Um, and, and that's just going to really help get our blood moving during the winter. And at the, the second we feel like a scratchy throat or we feel run yep. down, like we're coming down with something. We're going to take a shot of fire cider. Yeah. So now, how is it that you gain the confidence when you're walking through a forest or you're walking through this lay of land, and all of a sudden you come across the saw, the saw palmetto, and you, do you just look at it and say, it's got to be an herb? I mean, because, I mean, I would look at it and go, that's got to be poisonous. <laughs> well, it's because I've researched a lot, and I've followed a lot of wise people through the woods. Um, I never would suppose uh, just walking into, like, a new land or new territory that I would know the herbs around me. But you always have to go with guides. Um, and, uh, and you know, I've spent a lot of time with mentors and, uh, and my grandmothers uh, pointing things out. And, yes, botany classes and college classes. And I have a graduate school degree in herbal medicine. So um, it takes a lot of time to, to earn that confidence. And eventually I became a registered herbalist with the American Herbalist Guild, which for me was important to kind of validate my own um, expertise and 
and, um, you know, hang my shingle as a professional clinical herbalist. A couple of weeks ago, I was with the doctors and the doctors said, look, man, part of your four day uh, days before the event takes place, you cannot have any herbs at all. And I'm going, but I, 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 whoa, 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 you're knocking down my my guard here. Why, why couldn't I have the herbs before this uh, procedure? Right. I recently also had surgery and had to go like two weeks on oh. both sides without herbs. And, <laughs> but, you know, I understand because, you know, they know that, you know, some of these herbs might thin the blood more That's than, it. That's than it. you'd like. Or some of them, some of them might clot the blood more than they would like. And they'd like that happy medium. Um, they don't want anything to interact with anesthesia or any of those medications. You're going to get lots of medications when you're in surgery. So it's best to just stay safe. But definitely after the month was over, I was I was ready to get back on my herbs because, you know, it affected my, my mood and my, and my energy yep, and, yep. and I was ready to get back on my plan. <laughs> consumer to consumer. Those people over there at National Geographic's putting a book like this together. They're reaching for three and four different generations, aren't they? I mean, this is a solid book. It's so wonderful. And I'm so blessed to, you know, partner with National Geographic because they made such a beautiful book. I mean, they took my words and then just put it into like a visually beautiful context with the with the art and with the photography. And even the book cover is like this fabric, um, you know, textured. Um, I've never seen anything like that. It's, it's just such a, a beautiful uh, piece. But they also have fact checkers and uh, writing coaches and, and you know things I, I just felt really well supported by National Geographic and I'm just so fortunate to have um, partnered with them for this work you're going to think I'm a freak but uh, every year inside this forest that we, we created in 1997 by planting 1700 trees one of the main things I wanted in these trees was the fact that I had some sort of herbs for the migrating birds and it is so fascinating to watch those birds return to this scene every single year can people use this more and more inside let's say their urban areas because I mean I mean you don't have to have a forest in order to have a connection to birds Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, we see so many green spaces now in the cities and even on your back patios. Um, and because I used to be a renter for so long and I've only been on my homestead for about three years, but before that was all in town, in city with container gardens. Uh, and, and, you know, I became kind of this container garden herbalist <laughs> and, and had so many that part of the fun was watching all the critters and, nature gather wherever there's plants um you know and and so now anytime i think about plants i think about we need to share those resources with with the um wildlife and this is why even out in the woods i have pollinator gardens that i installed um you know to attract the monarch butterfly yes. to attract native animals so yeah it's so important yeah. Are we herbing correctly? Because, I mean, it seems like it's too easy to over-herb, and then our bodies have a reaction. I'm a big fan of getting to know one herb at a time. Yep. Um, you know, I, I, I still remember the days when I started really learning learning with my body uh, about herbs. I, I remember just drinking rosemary tea for like a month. And that's all. And just like really, and I felt really awake that month. I felt like so smart, <laughs> um, you know, and, and just like so alive and, and that 
that flavor and the smell and, and how it affected me if I took it in the morning versus at night, you know. So then the next month it was ginger. You know, I drink ginger every day for a month. And so I, that's my advice to really just start with one simple herb, um, you know, taste it, smell it, feel it, take it at different times of the day, take it with food, take it away from food, you know, just just really see how your body responds and you might find the best friend in, in one of those herbs. More than anything, I want families to be able to experience this book because when, when they go and they do their family traveling around the nation and stuff like that and they come across a lake or maybe out there in the Puget Sound area, they come across kelp in the water. That it's not ugly or beautiful in that moment, but really it can it's something that's very good for your body. Right. It's one of the, it's so rich in minerals. Yes, it is. Um, you know, kelp, both kelp and nettles, which we I also wrote about in the book, is like so nourishing uh, for the body. It's so good for our organs and our thyroid and our, you know, it's just, it's just profoundly, you know, it's food, but it's also health um, and uh, important tonic for the body. Where can people go to find out more about you, Mimi, and more about this book? So my website is Mimi Prunella Hernandez.com. Uh, also Instagram, Mimi Prunella Hernandez and Facebook. My author page is Mimi Prunella Herbal. Um, and the book you can find anywhere you buy books. So go to your bookstore, um, go to Amazon, go to Disney or National Geographic, um, you know, Barnes and Noble. So pretty much anywhere you buy books, um, you're going to find this book now. Um, just in time for gift giving. Well, you've got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you, Mimi. I would love that. Thanks for having me today. Well, you be brilliant, okay? All right. Thanks.